Hallelujah. We bless the name of the Lord for his uh, grace that is uh, bestowed upon us to come to minister to you the word of his grace. Bless God. You remember Paul said that and I commend you unto God and and unto the word of his grace which is able to build you up and even give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified. So this is even the wonderful program called the Freedom Streams whereby we bring to you the word of his grace, the word which is life imparted, light shining, grace enjoyed, and truth realized. See, we can only find these aspects in the incarnated word of God, which is Christ to us and for us to experience and enjoy. This is Pastor Dennis of Freedom Experience Ministry Mpala, Uganda. We have gone unto another season which is season 2 and we are talking about Christ's New Testament learn even Christ has got an economy we need to know about the kind of Christ that is dispensing God into us this is our episode 2 trust God that if you have been with us you should know by this time that there is the first season of seven, 70 episodes to know about God now we have begun to learn about Christ and listen to it so that Christ is trying God himself and you need to find out by listening to the previous episode that is season 2 episode 1 today I will continue the other point remember we talked about uh, Christ being the complete God and we said our A was, first point was, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him boldly. And then we saw the second point was, brilliance and splendor of God's glory and the express image of God's substance. It's also in this one. And we shall continue with our part C, which is subsisting, that is being in the form of God in equality with God. Hallelujah. So, speaking of Christ, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6, says that subsisting in the form of God, do not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now, my translation uses the word subsisting, which the Greek uh, means existing from the beginning that is what the word subsist subsisting means existing from beginning now it implies that Christ's eternal pre-existence was it is is eternal Christ is eternal is he has been existing from the beginning this implies Christ's eternal pre-existence he was there the word form form refers to the expression not the fashion of God's being so it is identified with the essence and nature of God's person therefore it expresses his essence and nature this refers to Christ's deity according to his the verse we have seen Christ is equal with God and we shall proceed with our part D that says Christ is the mystery of God. 
all of us will know about the mystery of God in Colossians chapter 2 verses 2 all speaks of the mystery of God Christ the mystery of God Christ here we see that Christ is the mystery of God so uh embodied in Christ is all that God is and all that God has as the mystery of God Christ is the embodiment the definition and explanation of God all that God intends to do is related to Christ so the word mystery here in Colossians 2:2 may be interpreted as a meaning story a story that has got a meaning as the mystery of God Christ is the story of God as God is a mystery Christ comes to explain to define to interpret this mystery becomes the story of God so as the embodiment of God the effulgence of God's glory the express image of God's substance Christ the mystery of God his story defines explains and expresses God so when God was when Christ was incarnated in his word it was to declare God in the word to define God explain God and even express him when he was living here on earth so God God is a mystery and furthermore you should know that God has a history God has a story and although God is eternal he has also a story and he has a history and of course to say that God has a history is to speak in human terms or understanding because you must know all about God what is the history of God what is the story of God so God is number one infinite God is eternal without beginning or ending we have seen that in the beginning in the eternity past God had a good pleasure he saw that he had a desire of his heart and based on his good pleasure which is a desire of his heart God made a plan in case you missed out this you should go back to see our season 1 about God. So, now, you see that the biblical term for this plan is called purpose. So, a plan is a purpose. God is purposeful. He has a plan and he is purposeful. He has an eternal purpose based on his good pleasure. So, this purpose is to have a group of living beings be his corporate expression and according to his good pleasure God created the heavens then the earth and all the billions of items in the universe and therefore God accomplished the work of creation so Christ is the story the history of God this means that Christ is not only God himself he is also God's history God's history refers to the process through which he has passed so that he may dispense himself into his chosen people believers 
So, the fact that Christ is the mystery of God refers that he is not simple. And on the contrary, he is immeasurable. He is mysterious. Now, to be sure, God is not simple. We should know that. He is unlimited. He is infinite. He is eternal. How then could Christ, the mystery of God, be simple? That means that even Christ is not simple because Christ is God. And as the mystery of God, Christ is the immeasurable, the infinite, and eternal God. So, God himself is a mystery. And Christ is the mystery of this mystery. So, since Christ is the mystery of God, if we know Christ, then we know God. I hope now you understand. If you want to know God, just know Christ. But if we do not know Christ, you do not have the way to know God because Christ is the way. So we may say that Christ is the key that opens up the way into God. When we have Christ, God is open to us. Christ as the mystery of God is the explanation of God, is the interpretation of God. Christ is the definition of God. Through Christ, we know God and even we are brought into this God. Praise the name of the Lord. Now we go on to see number two because we saw that Christ is the complete God as number one. Number two, in the Godhead, Christ is the Son of God. Because we are seeing Christ, his person, and he was in the Godhead. We have seen in the Godhead, Christ is number one, complete God. We have seen even up to four aspects. Now we proceed with number two. Christ in the Godhead is the Son of God. Now, Christ is the Son of God. And his being the Son of God implies that the expression of God, the issue, or the coming out of God. And concerning God's existence, Christ is the complete God as God's embodiment. And this means that as far as as existence is concerned, Christ is the very God. But concerning God's issue, what comes out of that God? He's coming out, Christ is the Son of God. So there is an important difference between Christ as the embodiment of God and Christ as the issue of God. When I talk about issue, I'm talking about the matter, the, the subject. So, Christ as the embodiment of God is related to his existence. Whereas Christ as the Son of God is related to the coming out, the issue, the expression of God. So, John chapter 20 verse 31 says that, these have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that believing you may have life in his name. 
So this verse indicates that the purpose of the gospel of John is to testify that Jesus is the Christ. When you read John chapter 1 verse 41, you read John chapter 4 verse 25, verse 29, you come to John chapter 7 verse 41 42, this shows that the purpose of the gospel of John is to testify that Christ is the Christ. Now, when we talk about the Son of God, John chapter 1 verse 34, John chapter 1 verse 49, John chapter 9 verse 35, and even John chapter 10 verse 36. This talks about Christ as the Son of God. So, Christ is the title of the Lord according to his office, according to his mission. The Son of God is his title according to his person. According to title, Christ is the title of the Lord as his office. But according to the Son of God and his title according to his person is a son of God. His person is a matter of God's life. And his mission is a matter of God's work. So he needs a personality and he needs an office. So he is the son of God to be the Christ of God. So Matthew chapter 16, 16 we see that Peter when he received a revelation from the father he declared you are the Christ the son of the living God praise the name of Jesus so we have seen the first uh, at the first Christ the anointed one of God refers to the Lord's commission well as the son of God or the son of the living God as the second uh, of the triune God refers to his person his commission is to accomplish God's eternal purpose through his crucifixion resurrection, ascension and even the second advent which is the second return and well as his person embodies the father the issues in the spirit or a full expression of the triune God so God Christ being the son of God we shall continue to see in details number A or part A Christ as the son of God is the only begotten son of God before his resurrection is the only begotten son of God before his resurrection now regarding to the son of God there are two aspects the aspect of the only begotten son of God and the aspect of the firstborn son of God. So, before his resurrection, Christ was the only begotten son of God. He had no other brothers. God had only one son. John 1.18 says that no one has seen, ever seen God. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father has declared him So this verse speaks of Christ as the only begotten son of God. In John chapter 3 verse 
says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So from eternity until the time of his resurrection, Christ was the only begotten son of God. However, we see that this does not mean that after his resurrection, this is no longer the only begotten son of God. But you see that in a sense, he is still is the only begotten son. And nevertheless, something has been added on him. As we shall see. We see that from the time of his resurrection, he became the son of God in another sense. In the sense of being a firstborn son of God. Is Jesus Christ. So our part B, we say that he is also as the son of God, he is the firstborn son of God from his resurrection. This is the second aspect of being the son of God. So before his incarnation, Christ was the only begotten son of God. But through resurrection, he was born to be the firstborn son of God. Now, as the only begotten son of God, Christ did not have humanity. He only had divinity. And therefore we see that before his resurrection, he was the son of God in his divinity. That is, that was so unique. But when we come to his incarnation, by his incarnation, he entered into humanity and took on human nature as part of his being. And his human net, in his human nature was not Sonized. We use the word sonized that comes from the word sun. Sonized means to be designated the son of God. When you read Romans chapter 1, verses 4, the Bible says that and declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. This is to be uh, sonized. He was not sonized. He was not declared to be the son of man. No. Because in the initially he was designated son of God. He was sonized. In other words, he was declared. Now, when we come to resurrection, this is the reason Paul says in Acts chapter 13, verse 33, that God has fully fulfilled this promise to us, their children, in raising up Jesus, as it is also written in the second Psalms, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Now, the you are my son, today I have begotten you, is what we call to be sonized. You are declared designated to become. So we see that this verse indicates that resurrection was a birth to the man Jesus was begotten by God in his resurrection to be the firstborn son of God among many brothers. As Romans chapter 8 verses 29 declares. He was the only begotten son of God from eternity. And after incarnation through resurrection, he was begotten by God in his humanity to be God's firstborn son. So through resurrection, his humanity was sonized, was designated 
make him the firstborn among many brethren. God just declared. He says, because you have gone through the process, you have become my son. So, if it were not of Paul, I, I don't think that there would be would be able to see what Psalms chapter 2 speaks of. And we could not even see that Psalms chapter 2 speaks of the resurrection of Christ. So Paul saw the Lord's resurrection in the word, You are my son. Today have I begotten you. Paul applied the same word. It says today. Now to the day of the, the Lord's resurrection, that is what we call today. You are my son on resurrection. I have begotten you. This means that Christ's resurrection was his birth as the firstborn son of God. So Jesus, the son of man, was born to be the son of God through being raised from the dead. So therefore God is raising up of Jesus from the dead was his begotting of him to be the firstborn son. Praise the name of Jesus. So it is important for us to realize that Lord's resurrection was his birth. Lord Jesus has two births. The first was born of Mary to be the son of man. Then after 33 and a half years later, he was crucified, buried, raised from among the dead. And through resurrection, he had a second birth. Or as a man, he was born in his resurrection to be the son of God. And therefore, in his first birth, he was born of Mary, be the son of be the son of man. And in his second birth, he was born of God. And in resurrection, he was to be the son of God. So we have seen that Romans 8.29 and even Hebrews 1.6, they both speak of Christ as the firstborn. Now, first, he was God's only begotten son. Second, he is now God's firstborn son. The words only begotten indicate that God has only one son. You have read in John chapter 1 verse 18, and even John 3.16 they speak of the only begotten son of God eternally speaking Christ was the only begotten son of God from even eternity so this was his eternal status but through resurrection he as a man was born to be the firstborn firstborn son of God and here we come to the word firstborn Indicating that God now has many sons. God by this time, he has many sons. The Bible says in the book of uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 2 verse 10, says that, For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. So, 
We who believe in Christ today are the many sons of God and the many brothers of the Lord, the many brothers of the firstborn son of God. Praise the name of Jesus. So, we see that we have become even sons of God. We are many brothers. And we now see that before his incarnation, Christ as a divine person already was the son of God. Romans 8, 3 says that God sent his son, meaning that he was already the son of God. And by incarnation, Christ put on an element of flesh, a human nature, that had nothing to do with the divinity. Now that part of him was Jesus with the flesh, a human nature, born of Mary. He was not the son of God. And he died on the cross, he was not the son of God. He died as the son of man. So, that part of him was human. And by his resurrection, Christ sanctified and uplifted, was uplifted, and he sanctified and uplifted that human part, part of his human nature. His humanity was sanctified, it was uplifted. And then he was designated out of his resur- this resurrection as the Son of God with this human nature that is up- uplifted and even uh, sanctified, as Romans chapter 1, verses 4 has told us. So, in this sense, the Bible says that he was begotten, the begotten Son of God in his resurrection. Acts chapter 13 verses 33 and Hebrews 1.5 Bible says in Hebrews 1.5 Unto which of the angels said he at any time How at my son this day Now that this day here they talk about resurrection. This day have I begotten thee and again I will be unto him a father and he shall be to me a son. So as I wind up, as the only begotten Son of God, the Lord is the embodiment of the divine life. The Gospel of John emphasizes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And as the Son of God, He is the very embodiment of the divine life. When you read John chapter 1 verse 4, in Him was life. So through resurrection, Christ became the firstborn Son of God as as the life dispenser or the propagation of life. He is now the firstborn son of God. He dispenses life so that there is a multiplication and increase of the life when he gets many believers. So through his becoming the firstborn son of God in resurrection, the divine life has been dispensed into all of his believers to bring forth propagation is the name of Jesus bring forth the propagation that is the spreading out the the, the spreading out of, of the very life that is embodied in him so not only was Christ born in resurrection but all of his believers were born with him at the time of resurrection 
So therefore we see that that birth in resurrection was a corporate birth. It's not only for Christ. It is for Christ and all believers who were regenerated in Christ's resurrection. When his humanity was born of God. Hallelujah. So this birth in resurrection includes us. And we all were born with Christ in his resurrection. We are born to be the many sons of God and his many brothers. Glory to God. Now, we are saying that in this message, we have seen that in the Godhead, Christ is the complete God and also the Son of God. Christ is being the complete God and the Son of God, the only begotten Son, the firstborn Son. They are for the dispensing of God into his chosen people so that they may be his corporate expression. May the rich God bless you from wherever you are tuning from. This is Pastor Dennis. Other from Freedom Experience Ministry. Continue to follow.